Uh, we're beginning this year on the subject of faith. Uh, faith is uh, probably the most important subject in the Bible, I would say, because uh, without faith, you can't even come to God. Uh, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And, um, you know, the Bible talks about little faith. The Bible talks about uh, great faith. And uh, the Bible talks about you really can't fight without faith, fight the good fight of faith. And uh, you really can't live for God without faith, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, you can't please God without faith, because without faith it's impossible to please Him, because he that comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. God is a rewarder <laughs> of those who diligently seek Him. That's good news. Man, you get so rewarded when you seek the Lord. So rewarded when you seek Him. And I'm not, you know, I'm talking about the greatest reward is in your heart. Because when your heart is affected, your whole life is affected. Yes, your money will be affected. Yes, your body will be affected. When you seek the Lord diligently, in other words, I'm serious about this. I am seeking after you, Lord. And when you seek after him, he will reward you. But in order to come to him, you first have to believe he is. So that's a good thing. You might find yourself in a position, man, I don't know what to do. Well, let me ask this. Do you believe that God exists? Because if you believe it, that God exists, you're actually the first step on the way to what your hopes and dreams are. Hebrews 11.1, 1, again talking about faith, says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So uh, sometimes you, you get disappointed because all you have is hope, but you don't really act in faith in that area. Well, don't get disappointed because there is a life without even hope. And that's a dark, dark life. Well, if without faith, Hebrews eleven six, 6, it's impossible to please God because he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, that doesn't mean that our faith is of works. Uh, what is it? Uh, Ephesians 2, 8. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. I love the Holy Spirit because then he said, lest any man should boast. It's a gift of God. In other words, you didn't do this for yourself. It is by grace through faith. And you'll find in your life, your walk with the Lord, living by faith, it is by grace through faith. By grace through faith. In other words, God is offering you something and has made available to you something that you did not earn. You didn't earn it. And you didn't, through your actions, good or bad, you are not qualified or disqualified for it, with the exception of by faith, through faith, you receive Jesus Christ, right? It is a gift of God. So the action is the action of faith, but an action of faith is actually, a, is actually not a work. It's an act. It's not a work. It's an act. Faith is an act. So somebody might say, you know, because uh, confession, you really can't have faith without confession. And somebody might say, well, uh, so I just have to say this then, right? No, 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 no. Uh, confession is one of the very first outward evidences of an inward faith. But faith is an act. And it shows up, it manifests, one of the ways that it manifests is what you say. But if you're going to act in faith, there is an action that happens on the inside of you in your heart. You have made a decision. You have made a choice to believe what God said.
Hebrews 11, 1, uh, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We, we read last week about some of the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, and we find that, uh, I think it's verse 3, 11, 3, or something like that, um, through faith we understand that the worlds were formed from things that are not seen. Through faith we understand uh, that the worlds were formed through things we can't see. And so faith is the uh, central issue of the Bible. And faith is not a work. Faith is an act. So if I'm going to act in faith, I speak because I believe. The reason I'm speaking is because I'm believing. We have believed, therefore have we spoken. Or they believe, therefore they spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. Why do we speak? Because we believe. And so the interesting thing about speaking is if you speak and you just hope, but you don't believe, if you keep speaking what you hope, and it's what you hope is in the Bible, and you keep speaking what you hope, faith actually, Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or the rhema of Christos, I think is what the original says. A rhema is like the word of God spoken to you. In other words, it's when you have that inward knowing uh, and understanding. Some people call it a revelation. Um, and some people stumble over if you call it a revelation. But really what it is, is it's God is opening his own word to you, his own heart to you. And you see it with different eyes and a different uh, part of your being than just your natural mind. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you are speaking his words and it's just based on hope, well, that's good. That means you have hope. So you have hope that that will actually ignite and you'll grab hold of it by faith. In other words, uh, uh, if you grew up in a particular religion, Christian or not, actually, uh, sometimes a Christian religion can be um, more challenging than a non-Christian religion. I'm not saying relationship, I'm saying religion. And, and the fact that, um, you know, well, Paul talked about you, you have uh, made the tradi traditions of men equivalent to the Word of God. So religion does that. Religion said this is how we do it. There's this tradition. And so, um, you know, uh, in other words, if you kind of like uh, have a, a thought that uh, God will teach you by making you sick so you can learn something, and normally what they'll say you learn is humility, that's nowhere in the Bible. It's nowhere in the Bible. But it is tradition and it is reason, you know, because you reason that, well, if God's a good God and I said, Lord, please heal me, then um, he would heal me. And if he didn't heal me, then there's a reason he didn't heal me. And uh, I must be supposed to learn something. Well, that's not in the Bible. The Bible says God, never says God will heal you. In the New Testament. It says in the Old and in the New. It says that he has already healed you. So part of what happened when Christ was on the cross, part of what happened when Christ was on the cross was he not only redeemed your soul, but he redeemed you from the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law because it's written, cursed is every man who hangs on a tree. And of course, Christ hung on a tree on the cross. Right? So we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Deuteronomy 28, 29, you learn about the blessings and the curses. And you find that um, there's many categories listed there of specific sicknesses and diseases. But then he, in case, you know, your um, 
analytical mind would say, well, mine's not specifically listed there. He said, and every sickness and every disease that's not even listed will come upon you if you don't follow the Lord. Well, thank God Christ has redeemed us from that. All right, so I don't think we have a lot of time because I took so much time in the other message. So let's get right down to where we're going today. Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. You cannot live by faith effectively. You cannot walk by faith effectively if you do not appropriate the blood of Jesus. So we're going to read verse 25, and then I'm going to back up a little bit and give it some context. So uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 25. I'll read first in the King James, and then uh, who's back there? Is it? Hi, Jody. Uh, then I'm going to read in God's Word translation. I don't know if you have that one or not, but uh, I can just read slow if you don't have it. So not so that you can type it so you can hear. <laughs> can you type it that fast, Jody? Okay. Romans 3.25. Whom God has set forth. Uh, I'll just read verse 22 here in King James. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. There is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Thank God for that redemption. Whom God, verse 25, has set forth to be a propitiation. Literally, that is a mercy seat. To be a mercy seat through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. So, Christ is a mercy seat. Through faith in his blood, he is the mercy seat. Well, if you, what is the mercy seat? Well, you remember the Ark of the Covenant that contained the presence of God under the Old Covenant. The presence of God was not on the inside of any man or any woman in the Old Covenant. The presence of God was in the most holy place of the temple or the traveling tabernacle and actually within the Ark of the Covenant. And so the priest would go and he would sprinkle um, blood uh, and they would sacrifice actually at the mercy seat. Over the mercy seat is where it's the place where the blood of the animal sacrifice would flow. And so that's old covenant, right? But now the new covenant, Jesus Christ himself is the place where the blood flows. And it is his own blood. And so it says... God set forth Christ to be a mercy seat through faith in his blood. So how are we going to access this place where the blood is poured out? Because where the blood is poured out, it was declared that uh, your sins are forgiven. And in the Old Testament, your sins are covered. Not in the New Testament, but in the Old Testament. But you know, your sins were covered because they had to be dealt with. God had to deal with them because he is just. Everything he does is right. Everything God does is right. Now you might think, how is that true? Because why did you do this? Well, just because something happened doesn't mean God did it. God does not kill God is the giver of life. God receives those who have received Christ. He'll receive those to himself. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It says he'll receive those who have gone on to himself. To himself. <laughs> Isn't that precious? Like... When, when you pass from this realm to the next, which for the believer, Paul said, I have a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better, far better. So that he would bring us to himself 
So when you pass on to a place and a life and an existence that is far better, no matter how many pleasures you experience here, it is far better. Well, when you go there, I don't understand a lot about heaven, okay? So I think like, you know, the Bible says there's mansions for you, but that's just some translations. It's really, I go to prepare a place for you. Okay, mansion or not or whatever. But then I start to think with my natural mind and I'm like, wait a minute, if there's a mansion, like say it's like a mansion. Say it's like, some people don't want a big house. Some people want a big house. I don't know. Just say it's a really nice place. Let's just say it's a, and if it's a big, nice place, then I think like, huh. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. So that means like, my place is not the same as my wife's place, and she's not even my wife in heaven, but I'll know her, right? And, that, and also my kids, they're my kids, and they'll always be my kids, but they'll probably have their own place. And I think, hmm, I sure don't understand heaven because it sounds kind of lonely to me. <laughs> it's like you see these movies, you know, and they got this, what's that? one you guys watched at Christmas with, with your uh, Pepe, uh, the one Lord, uh, for, for the little kid, Falcon Roy or something, oh, yeah, I don't know yeah, what yeah, thing Falcon. is. Anyhow, the, so this grandfather, you know, ends up having his grandson come live with him because his father died or whatever. And uh, anyhow, you see the picture, they're eating dinner at this table that's like, I don't know, 40 feet long. And the grandfather's at one end, and the little child is way down here at the other end. And the little kid's like, hey, there, there's no like fellowship here. There's no closeness. What, what is this? But Jesus said, I will receive you unto myself. So that tells me when we pass from here to there, oh, we'll be closer than what we've ever been, except for he's on the inside of us now. But our consciousness, well, we will be received to himself. So he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. When you're born again, you are branded with the Holy Spirit forever. You will never, you will never again be alone, either here or there. You will never again be alone. He is with you. Well, he can be with you. And if, you know, we live by faith. We have life by faith. We understand by faith. And so if, if we don't appropriate what he said in his word and receive the life that's in it, in other words, I will never leave you or forsake you. Well, you could go through life and feel all alone and be born again and have him on the inside of you all the time, leading and guiding you. Well, just because he's leading and guiding doesn't mean you're listening and following. Hmm. Um, so let's read this in God's Word translation. I always think that's a funny name for a translation because it is God's Word, but it's okay. Uh, I'm going to start with verse 21. Now the way to receive God's approval has been made plain in a way other than the laws in the Scriptures. Moses, starting with verse 21, I don't know if I said that. Moses' teachings and the prophets tell us this. Everyone who believes has God's approval. They got King James up there, so you just have to listen. But you can look it up on your phone if you want. Everyone who believes has God's approval through faith in Jesus Christ. How do you get God's approval? Through faith in Jesus Christ. What is faith? It's believing in and upon and on Jesus Christ. I believe on him. In other words, I, 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 I give him the weight of my whole life. It's all on him now. I'm not my Lord. He's my Lord. He's dictating my life. You know, Paul said, you know, you're a slave. And you're a slave, every one of us is a slave to one of two things. I mean, you may be a slave to other things too, but anyhow. You're a slave to one of two things. 
either of righteousness, to serve righteousness, which is a really good thing to be a slave to, or of sin to serve sin. The natural mind and the, and the flesh will tell you, you should just get to do whatever you want. Okay, if you do whatever you want, that's actually whatever your flesh wants. And you think, well, no, that's not what my flesh wants. Trust me, uh, let God be true and every man a liar. I esteem your precepts above all else to be true. It is true. You're either serving God or you're serving the devil. You're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to righteousness. Are you kidding? You can be a slave to everything that's right? That is absolutely amazing. Well, imagine being a slave to something that you don't know what it's going to do to you or how it's going to treat you. That's like a slave to sin. But you, get a sla- you become a slave to righteousness, to the right things of God and the right things that exist. Wow, that is the place of great freedom. I- I'm a slave to righteousness. And if you've received Jesus Christ, uh, you ought to be a slave to righteousness. It's a pleasure. It's wonderful. Wow. Okay. Everyone who believes has God's approval through faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, God approve, approves of you. He's not disappointed in you. He's not discouraged about you. Now, you may, you're discouraged about you. You see your weaknesses, your failures, your misgivings, but God sees you in Christ. He sees you united to Christ, walking in the faith of Jesus Christ, living the life that he, his blood paid for you to live, free in the freedom that his word gives you. He sent his word, Psalm 103, and has delivered you. Amen that. He has delivered you. Yet you can go through life and be bound. The opposite of delivered. Because of ignorance. You don't know. Well, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Well, one of the greatest revelations of faith is that, you know, um, you can only believe as far as what you know. If you don't know, you can't believe. So, so, so you got to know. But once you know, you can believe. Once you know you've been delivered, then if, if uh, something shows up that looks like you haven't been delivered, this is the fight of faith. This is the life of faith. This is a marvelous opportunity to watch God show up in my life. This is a marvelous... Oh, this is, you know, your, your flesh doesn't like those opportunities. And your... your um, your, your uh, it's not your, but laziness doesn't like those things. Don't ever stop believing. Don't ever stop contending. Don't ever stop trusting. Jesus is Lord. The Bible is true. And you only receive those things by faith. And faith is an act. I have decided in my heart, this is what I believe. The Lord will show to you. He'll reveal to you. He'll open it up to you. Everyone who believes has God's approval through faith in Christ. If I believe, I have God's approval. What do I have to believe? Jesus is Lord, that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. If you believe that in your heart, you say it with your mouth, you will be saved. Some people want to make it really, really hard. But God makes it really, really easy. But it will cost you everything. You can't hold anything back. It'll cost you every single thing. He's the Lord. When you make him Lord, he becomes Lord of everything, every part of your life. Not just the parts that you want him to be Lord, like, okay, you be Lord on Sunday. 
No, you get, you are instantly changed on the inside. Now, if you try to be sketchy in your business dealings, not only do you have whoever, accountants, IRS, spouses, children, who if they see it on the outside, they'll be like, what are you doing? But now you have someone on the inside who is true and righteous, who will say, I am not going along with that. Well, that's like sketchy business dealing, right? But you know what else he won't go along with? I'm just a terrible person. I'm so stupid. I always make mistakes. I'm just a mess up. I probably never should have been born. That's not true. That's not righteous. He's not going along with that. So it'll cost you everything. You give your life to Christ. You, you can't be a poor, worthless person any longer. You can't have a pity party any longer. Well, you can do it, but you're going to be frustrated. You have a pity party before you're born again. You have a pity party after you're born again. You'll have a tougher time having a pity party after you're born again because now you have someone on the inside saying, I don't go along with that. When you get born again, there is such life. You, you, you are connected with the source of all life, the source of all holiness and all purity and, and everything that's right. And then you try to keep living the same way. That is a recipe for frustrated life, Amen. difficult life. But if you, when you make Jesus Lord, if you're like, you know what, you even have my flesh. You struggle with something in the flesh, just, just do it for the glory of God. You know, you got an addiction or something like that. Just next time you, your flesh is wanting to yield to it, just stop, stop yourself. It's easier to stop at the beginning than in the middle or the end. So you just get a hold of yourself. Say, self, from my heart, Lord, I am going to do this for your glory. I'm going to do this to glorify you. Well, it won't be long, but you won't be saying that or you won't be doing it. So you can actually speak yourself into faith. Because you, your spirit knows you can't do that for his glory. So you just go ahead and do it all that you want. Not all your flesh wants, not all your mind wants, all that you, the real you wants. Praise the Lord. That, that, that was, I'm excited about that. All right, let's try to get through here. Sorry, Jeremy. Okay. See, if we had holes in this, it wouldn't reflect back. Okay. It should be holy. Even as he is holy. All right. Everyone who believes has God's approval, thank God, through faith in Jesus Christ. You know, like we read in the King James, that way nobody can boast. How do you get approval? Through believing in Jesus Christ. I believe what he did. I believed I didn't have to be perfect because he's perfect. I believe he's perfect. I believe I don't have to pay for my sins because he paid for my sins. Uh, I believe I don't have to uh, be the one that performs it because he is the performer. I am the believer. I believe he will perform for me what he said he has done, what he said he will do, what he said he is doing. Do you know Jesus Christ right now is at the right hand of God the Father interceding on your behalf, making intercession for you. And he's probably saying something like, you remember, Father, I got my blood on the holy place. You see, I have no blood in my veins now because it's in the most holy faith. And it's saying, you're not guilty. You're not guilty. You're not guilty. You are favored. You are favored. You're God's favorite. He's made a way for you. He doesn't see you as a failure. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. The godly died for the ungodly. While we were sinners, 
One of my favorite scriptures, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Why? Because while you were the worst possible bet, the worst possible, what do they call that in stock trading, you know, if you're thinking it's going to go up. Anyhow, you're the worst possible investment. God doesn't see how the world sees. He sees you, and when he sees you, he sees you restored and redeemed and cleaned up and able to receive. If anybody could make a being able to receive pure holiness that God himself is, God has the ability to make a man be that. And he has done that in Jesus Christ. Old things have passed away. 2 Corinthians 5.17 All things have become new. You are brand new perfectly holy and clean and right with God and right on the inside. Praise the Lord. You still have the flesh. That's why the Bible says crucify the flesh with its lusts and desires. What is lust? Well, you know, a a good way to think of lust is it is a strong, pulling, uh, enticing desire. So literally the scriptures just said you will be born again when you receive Christ, but your flesh will still have strong, pulling, enticing desires. Well, that's why Paul said, I keep my body under. I bring it into subjection. Man, what a tragedy that you'd put your spirit in subjection to your body instead of your body in subjection to your spirit. But that's not who you are. Because you actually have an inward fortitude that does not originate with you, but it comes from God. And that fortitude, that endurance in the face of the storm, that same spirit of faith that David had when he saw a giant defying God and said, I will be the man who will stand in the gap. And I will be the man who will speak the word. And I will, bring the ma- I will be the man who will bring the stone and sling the stone. And God will perform it. How dare you defy God. The armies of God. Well, don't think that the enemy is still not trying to defy what God has said in your own life. And don't think that David did not run at the giant and think... I can't believe he's doing this. Well, he probably did think that. But he didn't just think it. He ran at his giant speaking. And the giant was also speaking back to him. There's many voices in the world. Significance in every single one of them. So you got to pay attention. What voice are you listening to? And all the voices are not audible. Do you understand? They're not all audible. What voice do you, that, what, what thoughts that come to your mind do you give access to your heart? There's a, there's um, God works in atmospheres. But Satan works in atmospheres. Atmospheres give access to voices. So what atmosphere are we cultivating in our own lives? Uh, Joshua 1.8, Moses had, had gone, had, had passed on, and Joshua is responsible for the whole of the people of God. And um, the Lord spoke to Joshua. And um, let me just read that real quick. Joshua 1.8, and then I believe we'll get to our finished, finished verse here. Don't you love the word? It, it, will, it will enlighten you. And it not only will it enlighten you, Paul said, let, let everything be done to edify. In other words, to, to put something into you and build you up. And the word of God received in your heart, you, you receive that word, you actually are enlarged on the inside and you have a, a substance of life itself that actually uh, affects your body. Man, 
No person should live just by natural things alone, or like Jesus said, by bread alone, but by every word, that's the Greek word rhema, that, that is a, a word from God that uh, he uses to open your understanding and reveal to you and put something into you that you have a substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for that you didn't have before. And that substance turns those hopes and dreams into the realities of experience that you have longed for. Faith is the substance. Faith is the solid ground. Faith means it's mine. One translation said, it's the warranty deed. That's kind of old translation. It just means like, this is legally not in the United States. Not in Europe, not in India, not in Asia. Not in Pakistan. In the realm of reality, the, the legal court of all courts. This is way above Supreme Court. That is pretty cool. Because not only do you have license to practice in all the courts that you've shown me, but you actually have license to practice in the court that is above every other court. That is absolutely amazing. You know, you have license to practice in that court. You know, uh, 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And it says that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, if we do sin. So, so we have a, a, a counselor, a, a lawyer, an advocate on our side. But this, this counselor, this lawyer, this advocate is not just an unknown person who knows the law. This is a close, intimate relationship. You're sitting at that table. You're being accused. The Satan is the accuser of the brethren, right? You're being accused. And, and your advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous, he is right about everything he says. And everything he does. <laughs> Jesus Christ the righteous. You have an advocate. Do you know the Holy Spirit is also the advocate? So now you have an advocate on the inside. Do you know what he's saying to you on the inside? He's like, did you hear what they said? We got this. They don't know what we know. We have evidence that they're trying to not let come out. And what's the evidence? It's the blood of Jesus, right? So you have an advocate. And the advocate will say to you, why are you acting like a loser? You are not a loser. You are a champion. You are a winner. You are victorious. This is no match for the blood of Jesus. Psh, all these accusations, you might say, yeah, but you know, I kind of, I kind of did that. He's like, it's not a problem. You're still a winner because of the blood of Jesus. That blood took that thing that you were so aware that you did and it actually removed the existence of it. When you confess your sins as a believer, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. It is removed. Hallelujah. From that highest court, the most real court, it is removed. All right, Joshua 1.8. This book of the law, or the word of God, should not depart out of your mouth, but you should meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. 
for then you'll make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So, so you want to like be overly satisfied in life? You just meditate in the word and observe to do it and you'll make your way prosperous. One translation says you'll be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life. Wow. Uh, I had to make this decision. I didn't know what decision to make, but I, I was meditating in the word and I was like, I'm doing that. All of a sudden I got wisdom for this situation. I didn't even know was coming up and I got wisdom. And oh, you know, when you get wisdom from God, oh, there's such peace that comes with it. It's easy to be entreated, the Bible says, right? Full of wisdom. It's a substance. So we receive the word. It gives us substance. All right, let's, let's try to finish real quick. There is no difference between people because all people have sinned. They have fallen short of God's glory. So we're all on the same plane. You know, you might think, well, that person didn't, didn't, didn't sin. And they might think they didn't sin, and that's the sin. Okay, one of them. Uh, uh, seems like God uh, has more trouble with self-righteousness than unrighteousness. He actually told the Pharisees, like, there's <laughs> other people going to go in ahead of you because you think it's based on what you do, right? So when you know it's not based on me, it's based on Christ, uh, man, you can, you can act in faith, you can trust God, you can receive. Do you know it's hard to receive when you think it's based on you? You can receive some natural things, but you're going to have trouble receiving some spiritual things, the real gold. Psalm 119, your word is more precious to me than any amount of money. In fact, your word tastes better to me than any sweet thing. It's better than honey on my lips. Your words. Your words, his words. Let his words cultivate a heart that lets his words be planted in the most intimate parts of your heart. That seed will produce his life. That seed will shed his light. It'll shine a light on the path that you are to take. It'll shine a light ahead of you. He goes before you. The Lord goes before you. He is so holy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you go before us. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That you have gone before us, but you do. You do go before us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. They receive God's approval freely by an act of kindness through the price Jesus paid to set us free from sin. God showed that Christ is the throne of mercy. I'm going to read it slower. God showed that Christ is the throne of mercy where his approval is given through faith in Christ's blood. I just come with the blood. How are you coming to the Lord? I don't know, but you're not getting there if you're not coming with the blood. Right? I'm coming with the blood. I'm not coming with, uh, I'm, I'm a pastor. Uh, because <laughs> I want to get in there. <laughs> I'm not criticizing pastors. I'm just saying, like, I'm a believer. That's what gets me in there, not because I'm a pastor. There's a lot of, not, not a lot. There are a few pastors or some pastors that are not believers. They don't get in there. Well, uh, there's many kind of pastors in the, in, in the Old Covenant. He said, I'll give you pastors my, after my own heart. So it is called a title. Uh, God showed, verse 25, that Christ is the throne of mercy where God's approval is given through faith in Christ's blood. In his patience, God waited to deal with sins committed in the past. 
You hear that? He waited to deal with those. Verse 26. He waited so that he could display his approval at the present time. This shows that he is a God of justice, a God who approves the people who believe in Jesus. This is why sins were just covered. Because they had to be covered so that they could receive some of the blessings of the Lord. But that was actually the mercy of God to cover those because if he had not covered those sins, he would have had to deal with them. So today he deals with the sin. He deals with your sin and with my sin. And what does he do with it? Well, actually, 2 Corinthians, we, we talk about 17, verse 17, 517, but let's look at verse 21. Him that knew no sin was made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So now he deals directly with the sin problem. And when you, from your heart, believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, why did he do that? To make mankind right with him so man could be right with him. And you confess him as your Lord. The Bible says you will be saved. So what happened? He took your sins, my sins, the sins of the whole world, and he put them on a cross on a hill called Calvary over 2,000 human years ago, put every sin there, and he dealt righteously with every sin. He put them on Christ. Christ was crucified because of your sins and because of my sins. And Christ was crucified because he loves you and he loves me. And he said, I will willingly, was not forced, I willingly go to that cross and I'm taking on the sins of the whole world to set the whole world free. Hallelujah. So God dealt with sin righteously. And you see right there in verse 25 and 26 how patient and how merciful is the love of God. Because you know, it's like 6,000 years before Christ died, earth years, human years, right? That the Lord is patient, 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 not willing that any should perish. He's still the same way. He desires that all men come to him. Stand with me if you would. You cannot live by faith without appropriating the blood of Jesus, having faith in the blood of Jesus. This, this is one of the great master keys to the life of faith is that I don't do what I do and think what I think based on my own actions. I actually let my actions be dictated and spring from the acts that Jesus himself did. The woman, you know, she, she was a prostitute, but she anointed Jesus for burial, took a whole year's worth of wages uh, with her own hair, bent down at his feet and is perfuming him. And, and all of the self-righteous people and fleshly people are freaking out. Uh, does, he, does, does he know what she did? I thought he knew everything. Well, he didn't know everything, by the way. He just knew what was revealed to him. Anyhow. But he didn't know that. And what did he say about her? He said, he that is forgiven much loves much. And he said, this, is, this act is going to be told of her forever now. Because she didn't withhold. She honored. She took her place. So the more you recognize how much you have been forgiven of. I'm not just talking about sins of the flesh. Sometimes you might talk about more sins of the heart. How much you've been forgiven of. That in your self-righteousness, where you're trying to make yourself something and somebody, and in the, the sins of your flesh, that God looked down and saw those and said, Jesus said, I've come that you'd have life and have it more abundantly. There's no way you'll ever experience abundant life living like that. I'm going to go and I'm going to set you free. 
I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to take the penalty so that for all eternity, you can be free. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Hallelujah. With every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you're here this morning in person. Maybe you're here online with us. And, um, you know, there's no distance in the spirit. I want to give you an opportunity real quickly right now to give your life to Jesus Christ. It's not something that you have to do. You don't have to be good enough to come to God like we just were ministering. You can't actually be good enough. But Jesus, there's good news, because Jesus is good enough. And he took all of your sins and the penalty for everything that you have done because he loves you and because he believes in you and he wants you back as part of the family of God. The way you become part of the family of God, according to Romans, is that you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and you say with your mouth, Jesus is my Lord. I'm going to do lead us in that declaration and in that prayer in just a second. And when I do, please don't let, if you've never received Jesus or if you have, but you, you just know you need to come back and get right with God. You, you, you are not guaranteed another breath. God loves you. He doesn't want you to miss one day of the satisfaction of being his child and the freedom that comes with that. And, and then, of course, for all eternity, you're part of God's family. What you're saying, if you pray this prayer with us, is you're saying, I don't want to be the Lord of my life. I want Jesus, the Lord of my life. I'm making him the Lord of my life. I am making a decision right now, the real me. I'm giving my life to Jesus. What you're saying is, I want my sins forgiven. I want them removed from me. I want to be brand new. And that's exactly what God will do in your life. The second that you open your heart to him. He will never force you because he's a God of love. But he'll give you every opportunity and every mercy and every grace to come to him. With every head bowed, every eye closed, just slip up your hand if you'd like to pray that prayer. I'm not going to have you come forward, but we are all going to pray together. You slip up your hand as a declaration. I believe that. I'm responding to that. You can slip up your hand online right there. And I, I'm going to receive that. Right now, let, let's pray this prayer together. Say, oh God, I believe that you exist. And I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I believe that you love me. And I believe that what Jesus did was to make me right with you. And Jesus, right now I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I'm not going to live for myself. My life is now yours. I have decided to follow you. Father God, thank you that you're now my father and I am your child. Thank you for leading me and guiding me. Thank you most of all for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.